Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Wake up! Wake up! Mike Mulligan, David Haw. Geno Smith revived his career with Shane Waldron's help. Russell Wilson wanted Shane Waldron to be hired. There's a lot to like about the Seahawks offense. I just think it's amusing how... We hear from Softy Mahler, who has nothing against Shane Waldron, but he's not a leader of men. He's boring. He's got no personality. He's kind of a he's kind of milk toast. We have a question from a texter who says, "If you guys are so smart, how are we smart? What is milk toast? Casper Milk Toast, the character named after the American dish milk toast, a food consisting of toasted bread and warm milk. I've never uh, had milk toast. If that's, I've never really." Known that to be a delicacy, that's something that I would you know, sample. No, I'm not that boring. Okay. He's boring, got a milk toast. Start your mornings with Mully and Haw, 5.30 till 10 a.m. on 6.70 The Score. Mully the morning mauler. My man David Haw, I love it. Let's go. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio. Oh, hold on, just finishing up my milk and toast. <laughs> no. Morning, Mully. No. It's How Wednesday. are you, buddy? How oh. is the midweek treat? Yeah. It's great. I had an exciting breakfast, <laughs> oatmeal, and some coffee. Do you have oatmeal in the morning? Yeah, I do. That's my routine. I, I have one I of these it. kind bars. Uh, how, uh, the problem is this one. How gentle. It got crushed. Humble and kind. Yeah. I like a kind bar. I like the peanut butter breakfast bar. I like a cup of coffee. That's a little more exciting than a little milk toast. I'll that, say that. Yeah, that's my So life. is... I like to mix up my oatmeal. I don't necessarily like just the brown uh, brown sugar or cinnamon. I like the occasional blueberry. Oh. I like to mix up the peaches and cream. Do you buy the stuff? I mean, do you buy yeah. I mean, like a regular one or yes. do you buy the little instant ones? The instant. Yeah, so they're all different flavors. They're different flavors, good variety. Do you kind not, of mix it up. Do you not reach for one and then finish it or I save like the variety. One? No, I, I like to know. So you just grab like it and then you find out? It's dark wow. in the kitchen. That's nice. Go into the cabinet, you pull out the, like the oatmeal, it. and you don't know what you get. And you figure coffee's pretty predictable. It's going to be the same. So I surprised myself with oatmeal, much more exciting than milk toast. Do you do like a Keurig cup, or do you have no? I, I turn on the kettle. Oh, you make instant yeah. coffee? Yeah. Oh no, the coffee we make. I make oh. a little bit of coffee. Yeah. I no, I don't have a Keurig. I, oh. I did, but I don't like those. Huh. So how do you make your coffee? Do you have a coffee maker? And yes. You- you leave it on so your wife can have yes. a nice warm yes. cup of coffee when she arises. And most mornings that is the routine, depending on how uh, how late or early I might be running. 
<laughs> you know how it is. But oh, I know. A little better today, kind of treacherous yesterday. Uh, yeah, I thought, honestly, I think a lot of people may have been prepared for today because it felt like a lot of people left early. And it felt like it was a different kind of commute than I usually have. Today, there were more cars on the road early. Well, I think people than also yesterday. maybe are getting out because they can today. Yeah. Yesterday was a little bit like, oh, all right, you're confined because it's slick and right. hazardous. Today's just wet and sloppy. Yeah, it's wet. It doesn't mean you can't drive. It doesn't mean you can't. I don't know. Stay to the right lane. Just get the hell out of my way when I'm coming. <laughs> a little foggy out. It is very There's foggy. Some foggy. Yeah. Fogginess yeah. you might need to consider. White chapel weather, as we call it. It's pretty spooky. It does feel like yeah. Jack the Ripper could be out there. Be very careful. Uh, be but very yeah, careful. get an early start. It, you're right. The, the fog, um, it comes on little cat feet. It does. <laughs> but uh, I believe that's Carl Sandburg. Very poetic. Um, the fog comes on little cat feet. It sits overlooking harbor and city. It was one of the first poems I had as a kid. It's a lovely poem. I'm not yeah. a cat person, but I I do appreciate that poetry there. Yeah, I'm here for you, buddy. Um, I, anything that I was taught as a child, I still remember. And pretty much the problem is I only remember Isn't that, that something? Self. You can remember things from uh, your childhood. Maybe you learned yes. in the third or fourth grade, and then it's like, all right, I could remember these things. I could recite that poetry. Where are right. my keys? What did I do with my phone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the heck? Short-term memory, not so it's a, much. It's a thing. Where the hell are my glasses? <laughs> have How I did eat, I get down have here I without eaten already my pass? Or not? <laughs> yeah, I do. Honestly, at the door as I'm walking out, I do a little tap, tap, just make sure I got my wallet, of course my you phone, do. my thing. Because there's so many things to tap now. I used to live on like a third floor walk up, and let me tell you something. When you went down there and you were missing something, you just you. You weren't going back. You weren't going to go back it's an awful up to feeling. get something. Especially if, like, if you live in a building that has an elevator that's antiquated and slow. Oh, God. And I only say that because my son does at his apartment. And remember that day, it was a couple weeks ago, where, oh, yeah, I went to Lambeau for the Packers game. Yes. Packers-Bears. I stayed at my son's apartment. And I was trying to get here on time and go – he lives in apartment buildings, great, great place in, in Evanston. But the, the elevator's so slow. I forgot two things, and I went up and down the elevator, and you're waiting, and I'm doing the tap. You know? Oh, I oh know. yeah, I forgot my keys. Absolutely. Oh, I forgot my bag. Yeah. I have to do that twice. Ten minutes later, you're on your way. Yeah, see, that's the problem. I, I got in here yesterday, and I'm like, oh, God, I didn't bring my phone with me. You know, just for, you know, the phone does, like, little tricks on the internets. And and I'm like, ah, do I go back down to the car, and how long would that take, and then try to get back up? Four and a half minutes. It's it does it take each way or, or the whole? No, I think you can do it in four and a half minutes. Well, I, I think you can do it in four and a half minutes. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I, I you know then I now, look down now I feel and my like we should time her, right? Now, don't you feel like I've we should? Time her? I think we need that information. Okay. I think I've done it. I think the problem is it varies depending on who's on the elevator. <laughs> Listen, it all comes down to who's in your way. I think I and forgot. Are they stuff. stopping before? Well, that's it. Before. No, and no small talk. I mean, you oh, can't. There's well, if you're oh, going. No good mornings. There's no good morning <laughs> to anybody. That's when I am focused, and I am not polite. I'm just going down to get the car. If I forgot my phone in the car and we got a break, yeah, four and a half minutes. I'm there and back. That's pretty good. I think I can. All right. I'm going to time you now. Next Ready? break. Next break.
I don't want to miss this. But I, I I've done that before. We've all done that before. Yeah. Well, I, I he, but I, I'm sitting here timing it in my head, and I'm, I, and I'm thinking of how many times the elevator will stop, and how many some surprise person will be in the way. <laughs> someone will say something to me, and I will try not to. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep moving. I'll be like, oh, I left the phone. I don't know what I'll do. And then I looked down at my phone sitting there. <laughs> it was right t- there. I had taken it out of yeah. my pocket and set it down. Of course it I was. Thought, right where you, I couldn't find it. Right where you put it. Right where I put it. Right where it should be. Yep. Anyway, I'm just saying. I'm, I, yeah, yeah. Everybody can relate to that. Everybody has a, a, a routine in the morning. Some have it worse than others. I know a guy who is, I believe he got to a point where he lost his keys so much, and I mean like three, four times a day, that he got to a point where he had a programmed car where he had to hit the button. Oh, I could to see that. I could definitely see that. That's how bad it was. My wife at times, not to out her, but everyone can relate to sure. this, where are my glasses? Where are my glasses? Oh, they're on your head. Yes. They're, yeah. they're, they're propped up on your forehead. Yeah. That's where they are. You can relate to that. Oh, I think everyone who's ever used glasses. Where are my glasses? Oh, they're that. right in, in front of you. Right. So, but you I've forget got, things. You, I've you got, have got to like driver's license po- uh, uh, photos where I've got like a pen in my ear because I was coming from work and, you know, I don't want to lose my pen. So I got it in my ear, but it's in my driver's you license. You just look studious. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, you look like you're the kind <laughs> you, of guy. You look like a hard worker. He's going to lose a pen. That guy, he, this would be a fake ID. That look guy. how hard he works. Yeah. Imi- a- you're imitating Mike Tice. Did he always have a pen? Well, it was a pencil, but he, I mean, literally always had a pencil behind the ear, like nonstop. Big horse player, Mike. Was it a pencil, not a pen? It was a pencil. That explained a lot. Number two pencil, in case he had to take a Scantron test real quick. Really? He had to take the PSAT or the (laughs) ACT or something. Old school, uh, Mike Tice. The greatest one ever was uh, when John Shoup was here. So he he would be working up to the last minute to have his his pre-planned plays, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you prepare plays before the game starts. He would go in and laminate it before he came out on the field so he could hold it up and the weather wasn't getting away, whatever. And, um, and one day the lamination machine started eating his plays. <laughs> and he, he kind of got into a panic, I was oh, told. Yeah. And the thing is, it was in Minnesota. They're in a dome, and he's got to laminate his play. Like it's not going to rain in the dome. No, it's just a habit. <laughs> but can you imagine? And that would rattle somebody. Oh my God! Would that shake you? Slave you, the routine. Yes, you work that hard. Yeah, coaches tend to be that way. Yeah. I wonder what Shane Waldron's like on game day. I don't know. I I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I mean, can I tell you something about Shane Waldron's hire that I was surprised to feel? I felt when they announced it. And I saw two sentences from the head coach, and I saw what amounted to one sentence from him. And I thought to myself, that is so anticlimactic for a guy who's going to run half of the team. Well, I don't, I know what you're saying. And I'm sure, you know, they were on the road. And we're going to hear from him. We'll hear from him eventually. Yeah. But apparently, they don't like. To do Zoom calls and they don't like to do phone calls I'm glad. anymore because I'm glad. television gets shut out of that. Well, I don't know if it's even that as much as that's it back is. Back in the day, they used to. Yeah, that's just that's, put a that's guy a on a good phone. enough reason for me. I don't yeah. think that you get 
a true sense of somebody's personality in a Zoom call I agree. as much as you do in person. And frankly, Molly, I, I would I would think it's it's January twenty fourth. We've got time. We'll hear from him. Oh, there's him. tons of time. I hope we hear from him before the combine. I hope they don't wait until OTAs. I do think it's important for them to send the message that this guy is competent, capable, and can run one side of the ball. I'd like to hear from him. I would, too. And it's not – Dustin, call him up, will you? Get him on. Get, get him on for 7 o'clock. We'll have uh, Shane Waldron with us at 7. No, we won't. Okay. Don't say that. I, I, I mean, I, I he's think... probably it, – it's probably 5 in the morning um, – where he's at. He's interviewing staff know. members. He's got a guy yeah, on he's his. He's got work to do. Uh, w- that was with the Seahawks. It was a passing game coordinator. He's interviewing him for a spot mm-hmm. on the Bears uh, staff, perhaps. So Shane well, Waldron doing things. I will hear from him soon enough. I just, I just was hoping to hear from. Him. Yeah. That's all. When I saw the announcement, you're anxious. It felt anticlimactic. That's all I'm yeah, saying. It's okay. not an insult to anyone. I understand they're probably going to get everybody at once, which I think hide some people i don't know i'd just like to have each guy have his moment hmm. let's have a celebratory introductory news conference i used to probably be a little bit more into that i i've found over the years as you know doesn't really matter hmm. i don't think it matters the kind of impression he makes the the biggest impression he'll make is how he connects and communicates with the quarterback whoever that may be and how he communicates after the first uh, game when he calls a play that makes people go crazy on third and two. Yeah. Yeah, that's coming. And, and that's inevitable. <laughs> that's that's inevitable. That's just what happens here. What happens with anyone. I don't know. But it's going to be fun. It's good, to, it's good that they're moving forward. It's good that things are happening. Jim Harbaugh. Looks like he's going to be the new coach. It looks like it, but that's the one I would be more like waiting to see something official Mm -hmm. on. I agree. They need to do that so they can just move on. Harbaugh in L.A. with the Chargers. You wonder what the Falcons are doing, interviewing uh, Raheem Morris again. Did you see that? Mm -hmm. He gets a second interview. Bill Belichick gets a second interview. In the, in the Chargers job, Pete Carroll's making a late push. Mike Vrabel wants in. A lot of unresolved issues when it comes to these head coaching searches for some of these marquee guys. I, I think just as I kind of wonder why there is not a um, – there is not an interest in Jim Harbaugh in Chicago. And, I, I you know, I, when, when it's announced and he leaves uh, Michigan and goes to – uh, the Chargers, I'm going to feel that way, and um, I'm going to be bothered by it. But I also feel that, like, there's it's weird that there's no Bill Belichick interview going on for Dallas. Like, I felt really pretty certain that that might be a match made in heaven. Peter King suggested a team or, that's already ready yeah, to win. Yeah, he intimated on, on Parkinson Spiegel that maybe they had that phone call. And there was an agreement that maybe they weren't compatible. You could see that. Look, Jerry Jones wants a coach that's going to need him. Yeah, that's not going to happen. He's, he wants a coach that's going to also uh, understand that it's his game, his show. Every week after the game is over, he's going to hold court. Well, Bill and doesn't want to talk to anybody, so that would work out. 
But he doesn't want to talk to anybody. He doesn't want to create distractions. That's he what it's rooted in. He doesn't want Jimmy to to or not Jimmy. Sorry, he doesn't want Jerry. Yeah, to come out and reveal things. That's the thing is that yeah. you could understand if there was a conversation if Jerry Jones was considering Bill Belichick, why that would not be a good marriage. You got two people with different interests and different uh, hobbies and different ways of communicating. I could see that why that wouldn't work. I know what you're saying, though. That made sense in Dallas. Jim Harbaugh seemed to make sense in Chicago. I think we're all going to have to learn how to move on because it bugs me, too. Yeah. And, bug- and we, I, I've moved on, uh, and I'm moving forward. I would have appreciated hearing from this guy for that reason as much as anything. Yeah, but, you, I, but you, when the Chargers make it official, you just said it's going to sting you a little bit. It will. I mean, it's going it's to. It's natural. Yeah. By the way, Shane Waldron according to uh, CBS, CBS's Jonathan Jones, mm. has set up interviews with three assistants on the Seahawks staff he's worked with. Run game coordinator, running backs coach Chad Morton, passing game coordinator, wide receivers coach Sanjay Lal, and assistant quarterbacks coach Kerry Joseph. Oh. So there's guys that he was, is comfortable with, and you wonder if there's just going to be a transplant of the Seahawks staff in Chicago. Well, that, I mean, that would make perfect sense. Set the clocks ahead two hours and move. But you think about what you're, you know, I, everyone wonders why you, why is this guy bringing his buddy? Well, you work with people. They know you. It's also a business where it's good to have people you know. Absolutely. And you're not trying to introduce I, yourself while you're teaching the player I, something. I, that's a valid point. And I also think, think of it as you're teaching a group of people a new language. Yes. And you have you know, more resources at your disposal yep. if you have other people who right. speak it. Right. Other people in the room for a little breakout session. Exactly. If you don't understand We'll interpret this, this exactly. third and two draw play, yeah. uh, go with yeah. the running backs. Oh, you're the wide receiver. Okay, we're going to do this play. So I think it makes sense, especially if you look at Shane Waldron, offensive coordinator slash offensive head coach. Yes. Okay. I'll call on the sir. Thank the, you, sir. The gentleman in the back. Uh, Professor Hall, <laughs> if you're Shane Waldron, do you put a call into the current quarterback, Justin Fields? If you're Justin Fields, do you put a call? Do you both operate as if he is the quarterback since he right now is the quarterback? Love that question. I think if you're Shane Waldron, that will determine what kind of leader of men he is. If I were Shane Waldron, that's one of the first calls I make because you, you're, not only, you're not only coaching and you're not even approach, only approaching this job for how you can win in Chicago, but you're also worried about your own personal, professional reputation. How do you go about communicating with your quarterbacks? Right now, right now, Justin Fields is the Bears quarterback under contract as such. If you're the offensive coordinator and you just get the job, you're making that phone call. I agree. You got to look at it as if they're going to find something or they're going to move on. He is your guy until he isn't your guy. And you've got to approach it that way. There are no, there's no games being played. There's no pettiness being, you know, whatever. Well, he said this about that. What does this mean when, when Ryan Pohl said, no, leave that to us. You're a, you're a professional NFL head coach or assistant coach, offensive coordinator. Call your guys. It's very interesting because I think there are many assumptions being made about what will happen and what should happen. And the problem 
is nobody is really thinking about what could happen. It has happened before in the NFL that players have been drafted by teams they didn't want to go to. Mm-hmm. And it's happened before in the NFL where teams have been forced to trade. I mean, we think about the assets you can pick up, but what if you are trying to find out about the human being and the human being tells you, look, I don't want to go there. I don't like that part of the country. I don't like you. I don't want to play <laughs> to your friend. I, and I'm you not never know. predicting anything. You never know. You're I'm right. just saying things happen. Well, see, so you have to be prepared for any eventuality. Things happen. It's an unpredictable business. That's where. That's why the only thing you can control is how you connect and how you communicate. Because both, let's face it, Shane Waldron and, and Justin Fields are likely to be in the NFL for a while, and this might not be the only the only city in where they intersect. Yeah. They may have. Uh, they may have a shared uh, meeting room five years down the road. Right. And in that context, you always want to put your best foot forward. Yes. You always want to make uh, a positive and leave a positive impression with somebody you're coaching, somebody you're working with, because you never know you never, you never know if you might be working with that person again. Look at, for instance, I was amused by the, the rumor mill. Luke Getze is yes, interviewed in, interviewing in, in Vegas. Yep. With, oh, the, with the Raiders <laughs> as for the offensive coordinator spot. Yes, of course. And in the story, the wire story, uh, I believe that I saw, it referenced Luke Getze interviewed with the Las Vegas Raiders, comma, who are one of the teams where Justin Fields possibly could be traded to. They're linking these guys like they would want to work together again. Ooh. It didn't go well in Chicago. No. Why would you think that was a good idea? Well, but, uh, I but, think but, it's it's an interesting thing. I think Olin tweeted, "What if it never occurred to me? Like, what if he became a really good coordinator? He could. What if he's really good and we Cir- just didn't see it in Chicago? Circumstances you learn from your first failed, uh, yeah, ex, you know, experience in calling place. Who knows? But, my, but I guess my point is, as it relates yeah. to the question, it's a good question. If Luke Getze is just as professional as he can be, is a good guy to Justin Fields. We don't know what went on behind the scenes." Maybe that's a relationship that sure. would be good for them at a second stop. That's why if you're Shane Waldron, you can't take anything for granted about, well, I, I'm not going to coach that guy for long. I don't need to call him. Eh. Do your job. Be who you are. And that usually is the best way to handle it. Yeah, I, I, think, it's a, I think it's a good thing to do. And I think it's on him to call the quarterback, not on the quarterback to call him. Always if is. the quarterback wants to call him, I think that's fine. Have the conversation that way. But I'd get to it. I'd have it on my list of things to do. I'd have already done it. I'd have already done it. I might have done it. I don't think I would have done it before I took the job, but I would have done it shortly after accepting the job. Yes. And the role because I and would we just, don't know. Maybe they have talked. We don't know. Yeah. That's one of the things that would be good to ask at a Zoom conference, press conference. Heck, if he wants to text me, go ahead. <laughs> I'd like to know. He's that, got my number. It, because you just want to uh, – Justin gave it to me. <laughs> remove the uh, – awkwardness or you just want to put you just want to make an impression right how many quarterbacks are on the bears roster it's not that hard to find them especially a guy you know where's justin fields right now cancun i don't know no he's actually is he it's interesting you brought that up he's actually at hallis hall the bears social media account so this is another thing right we talked about the london trip right that they 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 you know he's part of the promotion of that game yeah he was but it would featured. be a bigger story if he wasn't part of the promotion of that game but they're showing video and pictures of 
Justin like grinding it out in the uh, weight room at Hallis Hall right now. Right could, now? Like this week. He could be anywhere. Like you said, he could be in Cancun. He could be in San Diego. Well, are, are these current photos right and video? They're brand new, yes. He's grinding in the weight room. January 24th. In in well, I don't know if it, it could have been January 22nd. I, I'm That's not impressive. Say, you Good know, it's five fifty in the morning. And chances are they, they they've met. Shane Waldron probably is has been in the building. Don't you think? I don't know. I'm very curious about that. That process, those things have changed as we have become sort of you can interview anyone anywhere at any time. But but, yeah, but I I mean, is he physically has Shane Waldron physically been to Hell? Would you take a job if you hadn't um, in the coaching? Well, I think in coaching, if if they come to you and you guys meet and you get all whatever yeah. five hour interview, you get all your stuff done. Um, you, you accept the job, and then Seattle, you go. Yeah, and then they go and start interviewing other people. They're probably keeping in touch with you. That's interesting, though. Um, then they hire you, and you're not at a news conference. Right? I wonder if he's in town. I wonder if he's in Seattle. And I, I, we've talked about this. He was linked to three teams for interviews, and maybe they felt if he goes here, we're going to lose him. He's the best guy after nine interviews. Hey, we want to hire you. Then you negotiate with him. I don't know that he has well, to be in the building. I, 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 I think, don't either. I think I would want to be. I would want to be, but yes. I also think you have to consider a couple things. The weather. Also, the Bears did apparently the go weather. to Seattle yes. to interview him, and yes. they spent the time – away from Chicago uh, in California, interviewing Cliff Kingsbury, who interviewed with the Eagles yesterday. Right. But I think it's a really interesting question. Yeah, I agree. Because I don't know if you have to be there, but you would ideally want to be because you, you want to eliminate any sort of surprises. Right. Oh, I didn't know this. <laughs> but you also need a job, so you may have to act quickly. All right. We've, uh, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. We're going to pick about – Pick apart all the stories of the day. The pick six is next. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. 
Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's Pick 6 with Mully and Haw, where we debate the top six sports stories of the day and then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at 312-644-6767, or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Haw. Pick 6 with Mully and Haw starts now. Any surprise the Bears relied on a press release to confirm the hiring of Shane Waldron as the OC as expected? Were you hoping for a bit more, or will you wait to introduce the new hire until they're all made? If so, why would the Bears do that? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, while this is a huge hire, because he does run half the ball, I think that the um, the Bears' idea is to make all the coaches appear as if they're working for Flusi. I think that's part of the thinking. I, I don't know. First of all, we don't know where the guy is. We don't know how, you know, I don't know anything about him. I don't know if he has a family. I don't know how the move would go. Do they have movers driving their stuff while they just fly here? I'm just saying, there's there's a lot going on when you relocate to a new city. Um, and, and I know they'll help him, and that'll be an easy thing for him to do. But I'm just saying he might not be in Chicago right now. It, it's not beyond the pale to think of it that way. So... Um, I, I think logistically, there are probably a lot of things to do. I'd love, and they don't want to throw them on a phone, and they don't want to just do a Zoom, and that's not fair to the fine folks uh, in television. So they would probably uh, be reluctant to present them in that fashion. And they're just—he's also going to be here, they believe, for a long time. So they're bringing him in. They're going to bring them all in. Everyone will sit there, and we'll get to meet everyone. I hate those kind of news conferences because it's just you're there with like a bunch of people and they're even in the private ones it's just a firing of questions. Someone's got an idea for a story they're going to do in two weeks and I've been there. I understand it but it's not really enjoyable. I was at one of these things one time in the bubble and I just walked up to this one guy and started chatting with him just because no one was talking to him and I was it was Sean Desai, who was a, a defensive uh, quality control guy, and he was a super bright guy. And I got I got a nice little conversation with him going and a good rapport, and I kept thinking, like, this guy, I mean, this guy's so sharp. He's really going places. So he's he's available if anybody wants to. He's going to be demoted for Matt Patricia one day. Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's already been fired as, yeah, as right. Matt Patricia. Yes. But, yeah, I, I we'll see him. I think they want to orchestrate it. I think they want to make it look like this is our new crew and we're going for the Super Bowl. I could get on board with the idea, what you just mentioned there, Mully, that this is our new crew, this is the new brain trust. But but, come on, there's one reason and one reason only we are not hearing from him, and that's QB1. The whole press conference would be, 
What are your thoughts on Justin Fields? What are your thoughts on Caleb Williams? What are Justin Fields' strengths? What are Caleb Williams' strengths? Who do you, people would be trying to get yeah. him to slip up in order to give us an idea. That's the only. It's not because of Zoom and television. It's one reason and one reason only. We are not going to let this guy let you. And let the fans They're gonna know. They're going to have to introduce them before I, the draft. I, I love your, Are they? I yeah. love your conditioned response. I respect your cynicism. But Thank come you. on. Come on. No, he's a, he's a professional. No. He's an NFL assistant coach. They have to know that this ambiguity, this uncertainty, is something that they're going to have to address publicly before they trade or keep Justin Fields. You can't keep him under wraps until after the draft. That's unrealistic. It's unprofessional. And it's not what you do in the NFL's third largest market. No. I think this is logistics. And I'm okay with waiting. By the way, uh, Shane Waldron is married, two daughters. He was an uh, Oregon native. He has a lot of interesting stuff in his background. Went to Tufts. He played tight end and he was a long snapper in a, at Tufts University. How about that? We Call could, Pat Manley. I wonder if Charlie Weiss will be at the opening press conference. I hope he comes so we can have a more lively discussion on the quarterback situation with the Bears. He's a tough guy. He's a tough. He's a toughy. But I don't really care right now. Talk to me in a a month or so before the combine. I don't think it's because they're afraid he's going to slip up. I know that they have a long and sordid history of offensive coordinators slipping up at the microphone. This guy's pretty bright. He's pretty respected. He's putting his staff together. I don't know if it's at Hallis Hall or in Seattle or wherever, but I think you have to give him time to get things in place and then get on the same page. And then, okay, let's go see what he has to say for himself and let's ask him who he's going to play at quarterback. When people say that, it's a rhetorical question. That is the voice of uh, Charlie Weiss, who David just mentioned a moment ago. What did you think of this from Albert Breer in the Tuesday MMQB on the Bears OC search? Quote, the chance, the potential to coach USC's Caleb Williams was something mentioned as a drawing card by candidates through Eberflus, who did defend Justin Fields in the interview, end quote. Is that surprising or is that something any head coach would do with an incumbent quarterback? I found this very interesting. It wasn't accidental, I think, because if you understand how these guys operate, the reporters are just what they include and what they don't. When he says, though Eberflus did defend Justin Fields in the interviews, I think it's with intent to leave the suggestion that Matt Eberflus could win or believes he can win with Justin Fields, to maybe believes that Justin Fields could be his guy. I, I guess I'm mildly surprised at that. Because it doesn't jibe with anything that we heard from Matt Eberflus either during the season or after the season when given every opportunity to just embrace publicly the idea of winning with Justin Fields. There was always a condition. He always qualified his support. I don't know if this changes that. I think we're all looking for clues. Everybody's looking for any little clue that will signal, well, you know, the Bears believe in Justin Fields. Oh, no, they're trading him, that's for sure. I think this is a clue. I don't know that I'm going to overreact to it, even though it comes from a respected source, and it's something to just file away. Well, I think this report leads into what I just said. This is part of it, because this would be the line of questioning. It would be all about quarterback. And, and, and I think they also, 
the Bears want this information published to not show, you know, we're still we're still not sure. We're still doing our due diligence. We're still, you know, maybe it's Justin. Look at look at Justin Fields working out, grinding it out up at Hallis Hall. He's committed to the cause. Caleb Williams, we'll have to wait and see. It's um, I talked to a guy who is close friends with one of the candidates, okay? And, and he, his belief, because I saw the story about um, them defending Justin Fields, and I said, hey, I heard this happen in the interview. Did your guy say anything like that? And he said they were noncommittal, really, about the quarterback position. They talked about options that they had, and they talked about what a great player Justin Fields can be, which is exactly what you have to do for the reasons you just mentioned. The idea is you are interviewing nine guys for a job. There's no way that they're not telling people what you were asked or what they asked or what happened. Everybody's got close friends they talk to, and they've got extended relationships and all that stuff. So if you don't know or you don't want it out as to what you're doing, you are noncommittal about it. To a guy you are interviewing for a job who's one of nine candidates, you are not telling them exactly what your thought process is. You're interviewing them for their thought process on who's here and who isn't and how do you coach this guy. Think about what they said about the kind of coach they were looking for. They wanted a guy that can do multiple things, that could take a quarterback and move him in the pocket, that can change the scheme based on the quarterback who is playing. So, yeah, they're playing their draft hand close to their chest. And guess what? They better do that. And that's how you go about getting anything done. You talk to people about what the value of the pick is. You act like you're not sure if you're going to trade this guy or go get this guy or who you want. You have to keep it close, especially when you have as many candidates for the job as they did. So it makes perfect sense to me that they'd be noncommittal. That's the, maybe the best question someone's asked me. Hmm. Whose voice is that? We'll get to that in a minute. Were you surprised the Bucks dumped first-year coach Adrian Griffin? If they did hire Chicago guy made good, who you heard coming in, Doc Rivers? And can you really blame him? They hired Doc Rivers, right? Didn't that happen overnight? Isn't he? Well, it's leaving? close. I don't know. It's that close. It's They're talking. Listen. Yeah. I mean, you know, Adrian Griffin. Whether he got enough time, whether he lost the locker room because he said something during the turn, whatever the story is, players got tired of him. Doc Rivers is a huge upgrade. I mean, if you want to win a title, I think I would take a guy who's done it before over a first-year guy. Simple as that. And if if personalities are clashing, he'll be able to handle that. You know, coaching at this level in the NBA is about kind of forging business relationships with people, getting people to play together, getting people with giant egos who've been the best guy on their team forever, and now they're, they're playing with a guy who's better than them and they're supposed to surrender the ball to them, but you want to do this or that. You've got to be able to get players to play together that wasn't happening well enough for them in Milwaukee they didn't get along with the coach clearly something went wrong with Adrian Griffin this is a good idea it's a good idea 
to get a guy like Doc Rivers in your building and to try to win if indeed you're having issues with coaching stuff? Well, a couple things. First thing I thought of, and Lawrence was on the air when this came out and saying, like, all right, what did he do? He must have done something, right? Like, they're in second place in the East. He must have screwed up off the court. That That's what you think. Like, this doesn't make any sense. At least get to the all-star break and then maybe reevaluate. The other thing that I learned this morning, Doc Rivers is already on the Bucks payroll as a consultant. So Doc supposedly was already in his ear about what to do because the knives were out. Terry Stotts was hired at the beginning of the season and left over some shenanigans. And then you got players going to management saying, we don't like the defense that they want. But wait a minute. If doc is consulting and he's a defensive guy, don't you think the defense that the bucks are trying to put in is what doc is telling the current now ex-coach to run, but now the players are going to man. I mean, it just looks like a mess. Well, it looks like the players didn't like the coach. Yeah. And the players called the shots this on is, this one. That's it, absolutely. But here's the like, so Doc NBA. Rivers. What does Doc do? Doc gets teams to the Eastern Conference Finals. Now, in Chicago. That's not fair. Life's not fair, David. It's not fair. I'm I mean, just saying. Okay, you're every being totally two, every two weeks, I, I find out that you're life's being not fair. Totally unfair. Okay? Every two weeks, you find out. That he won an NBA title in, with the Celtics. I know it was 15 years ago, but he's got a ring. I, I know that's why Mike Tomlin doesn't get any grief because he won a Super Bowl one time in, in, he did. in Pittsburgh. You're gonna go Mike Tomlin now? You're gonna I'm go just Mike Tomlin? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Sean Payton. Okay. Sean Payton's got a lot of gravitas because of that one Super Bowl ring. Hey, this happens in the NBA. This is a classic NBA power play by the powerful men in Bucks uniforms. No the players. Yeah. Giannis, he's not as innocent as he looks. No. Dame, see you later, Adrian Griffin. If you can't win with these guys, if you have issues in the locker room, then oh, you're going to be exposed. I like Adrian Griffin. I remember him when he was an assistant for the Bulls. He is a guy that's probably ideal for a young team kind of finding its way. That's not the Bucks. The Bucks are in win-now mode. And this move is about winning now. You saw this coming if you were paying attention. In Milwaukee, you know they were. Terry Stotts left a day before the preseason opener because of why? Well, there's something going on. Adrian Griffin might be over his skis. Maybe he is. That's the assumption left here. I don't think Doc Rivers was – working behind the scenes to put himself in the best position. They are now in a good position to win the NBA title because they have the right coach and they've got the right team. I don't think I said that. He was hired by the Bucks already to be a consultant. I mean, the, basically, so David, to your point, the day that they decided to hire Doc as a consultant who's also working on the number one broadcast team on the four-letter network, he was basically fired at that point, right? He did his legs cut out from underneath him. Probably. I mean, the play, every player on the team knew that Doc was now consulting. Listen, how many coaches have been through there? How many coaches have been through the bar? How many coaches have coached Giannis at this point in his career? I, w- I wouldn't be blaming Doc. Is he now a coach killer? Oh, Bud, ask Mike Buttons. Uh, he, Budenhauser. Budenhauser. I mean, Bud's is gone. Why? I mean, 
Giannis has a nice smile. He's a great interviewer. He tells a great dad joke. <laughs> you know, but, smiling assassin. He is a smiling <laughs> assassin. And by the way, Milwaukee, where'd they get this uh, script from? They go out and they, they, they get rid of their coach because there's a better one available. That sounds like the Craig Council plan. Ooh. And if, if, Doc, if Doc really was behind all of this and he thought it all through and made it happen, that's a that's a that's a great sign. You got a really conniving, well placed coach. The evil Doc Rivers. I, I love Doc Rivers, but I, I love I love that. If, I know that too. if that happened, if you're trying to portray him like that, all the better. Okay, so why you ask me that question? <laughs> Do you like seeing the three man class of the MLB Hall of Fame announced last night? Is the choice of Adrian Beltre, Joe Maurer, Todd Helton enough? Or did you expect more? I hoped for more. I voted for more. I did vote for Beltre, Maurer, and Helton. I also voted for Andrew Jones. I also voted for Billy Wagner. I also voted for Mark Burley, who's still on the ballot. Mark Burley's still on the ballot. I love that. And I love Brian Kenny's impassioned plea on behalf of Mark Burley on the MLB Network before the announcements were made. Look, this is a very good class. Adrian Beltre deserves it. Joe Maurer, to me, deserves it. People will question and push back at Todd Helton because of where he played. But you look at his numbers, and if Fred McGriff is in, Todd Helton deserves it too. So they handled this well. I like this every year. Looking forward to the speeches. But, yeah, I like this class. I do wish there would have been more. I do wish there would have been five or six. Uh, We know how I feel. I I mean – I understand the difference between a first ballot Hall of Famer and a Hall of Famer, but I also am from the school. If you don't make it the second time around, what did you do? Unless there's a limit. Now, the other thing is if there was a caveat, and some sports I think have it, some don't, like they're, they're, they're only going to let in five a year. Like that. that's the, okay. So if that's the case, but in this, in this case, David, there is no limit, right? They could put none in. They could put 12 in. There's no so my point is I get the the distinguish first ballot Hall of Famer. I understand that. And then there's somebody that's right there but not there. Okay. But after the second time, you're retired. You, you, your your career is there. So because now you went into the broadcast booth or you went into coaching or management or scouting, I'm just saying you, your your baseball card, the back of the baseball card's not changing. So how is it? That you know, you uh, the the tenth and final time, right? For Billy local Wagner. guy made yeah. good Gary Sheffield. In Sheffield, okay, yeah. right. So I'm just saying, like, if you don't make it the second time, what changes? And then I was looking around this morning, you know, guy changing it. Like last time he voted for a guy that's on the ballot. This time he didn't. Well, wait, wait a minute. Now I'm confused. If you voted for him last year. And now this year you're not voting for him when there is no limit to how many guys you can vote for. And he's not a steroid guy, so we're not in that gray area. What are you doing? It becomes, like, I'm not David, but it it seems like there's a lot of these voters that want it to be about them more than about the class that they're voting in. Well, I like the three-man class. I think you can't, you know, when you start talking Hall of Fame and the idea is, when you hear the name, you know if they're in or not. I like this group. I think they're, they all deserve it. Billy Wagner is what? He's a hair away. I mean, he needs like 
two or three votes. Actually, I think it was six. Six and to that, get over the top. That just that's ooh, so close. Well, but that means he'll probably get in because what happens, I'm guessing, is when you look at the vote and everyone else's opinion, you go back and look at the player again and you probably can turn your vote in his favor. Mm-hmm. So I think next year he will get in. And that kind of happens. Guys build momentum. Um I'm delighted. It's a victory that Burley's still on the ballot, frankly. I know he got 32 votes. He's got a higher uh, career ERA, not ERA, uh, war than Maurer does as a catcher DH. Uh, he He's a great player. And there are guys that haven't been in. You know what is, is amazing to me? One of the reasons you still have a three-man class is nobody's figured out what to do with the guy, the steroid guys. No, or That's the guy's it. under suspicion. Nobody's figured yeah. out. I wish they would. Yeah. I Tell wish us there what was some do. leadership on that level. Yeah. But you're right. there's no understanding of that. So that stops everything. And then you're doing like an investigated criminal report before you vote. And it's incomplete. Totally Build a wing, complete. put him in, put and, him and in. remove the doubt. And and just right. You just put him in the steroid wing. And, and that's all you can do. I bet all those guys get in if you open up a steroid. Oh, if you open up a steroid wing, you're going to have to yeah. consult and, a really good architect because it's going to be a big one. It's rough stuff. Pick six. All right. USA Basketball released the names of 41 players in a pool that will determine who will be on the 12-man Olympic team and play next summer in Paris. Any surprises among the list? How about Alex Caruso being the only Bulls player among the group? Yeah, I, I I think the headline here for Bulls fans isn't just Alex Caruso. It's the fact that Zach Levine, who was once in that group, is not in that group and not considered. And he's he's fallen from that group. I mean, this is 41 players, man. I mean... Who wants to trade for the max contract of the 42nd best player in the NBA? That might be kind. It it might be kind. (laughs) He might be closer to 60. Yeah. uh, 80. I I mean, honestly, start putting together your list. Um, But that's kind of the news of the thing. I really like Alex Caruso. I don't know if this means he shouldn't be traded or it underscores the value he has to a team, but I hope that, you know, they have the defensive specialist on this roster to come in and help. You need a blend of players. I suspect he's not going to make the final 12. I don't think he's one of the 12 best players uh, in the NBA, basketball players in America. So I suspect he doesn't. But I love that his inclusion in this list, and I think he will break, he will lead that team in floor burns to try to well, I mean the the immediate Max Levine not being on. I mean, come, how many teams are in the NBA? Each team gets one max player, right? I, 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 it's just, it's it's absolutely it, it's and it has nothing to do with his ankle being hurt. Like you know, I don't want to hear well, you know, if, if he was healthy, he'd be on the. No, they, they're projecting out. It's not. There are injured. There are injured players. Guys dealing with things of the 41 that are on it. Good for Alex Caruso. You know what that it says? It says that Alex Caruso is the number one trade ship that the Bulls have, and yes. number two, that Alex Caruso deserves a little bit more in the bank account than he gets. I don't know what Zach Levine's interest was in, in maybe playing again this summer. I guess we don't know that. I, I don't know that I'm looking at this as a big slight to Zach Levine. 
but he had a good experience last time, and he represented the country well. I think that when you look at Caruso, to me, I don't think it's the 12 best players. I think it's the 12 players that fit together the best, that give them the best team. In that vein, I think that Alex Caruso is an interesting inclusion. He could be the guy that gets you the the 12 to 15 minutes and goes and guards whoever you want him to guard and does lead the uh, Olympic uh, uh, field in, in floor burns and the guy that is always doing that little thing. I would love that for the Bulls. It'd be great for America and Team USA. That's the guy who you want representing your country. The biggest surprise, though, I'm so, the, to me, the most significant name on that list, Joel Embiid. He yeah. was going to play for France. He grew up in Cameroon. He has French, his French na- nationality. They he was going to play in France in Paris yeah. at the Olympics. He's playing for the U.S. Joel today. Embiid on the American team? That's pretty good. Give me the gold. Yeah, it's over. Good. He's a good player. Hey, you know, um, that's a great question, uh, Bruce. Isn't Caruso kind of a max guy just in terms of effort? Max effort guy. Yeah. I like that. All right. The Chicago Sports Spectacular was announced Tuesday that Sammy Sosa will make his first ever public autograph show appearance in Chicago on March the 16th and 17th at the Donald E. Stevens Convention Center in Rosemont. Hello, Chicago fan. This is Sammy Sosa. I'm coming to Chicago. Looking forward to seeing you at the Chicago Sports Spectacular on March 16th, 17th. Hope to see you there. Thank you very much, and God bless. Hmm. <laughs> Make the sign, Sammy. Is this a sign or a cue for the Cubs to step in now? He's going to be in town. Getting Sammy Sosa to Chicago, getting Sammy Sosa to talk about being in Chicago, not an easy task. I do wonder if you're Tom Ricketts, if you look at this as an opportunity. We know we didn't make the Cub Hall of Fame. I'll talk about that if you want. We don't have to. But I don't, I don't think that because he's not in the Cub Hall of Fame in the latest class that it has to mean, well, we're not talking. We're not here for the hug. Maybe this is an indication that Sammy is interested in sitting down with the Cubs. The Cubs should certainly be interested in sitting down with Sammy Sosa. I don't know what it would mean. I don't know how that conversation would go. But, hey, he's in town. Take an Uber. Get out to Rosemont. Get an autograph. Whatever. Sit down with the guy. He's Sammy Sosa. Uh, you know, Molly will talk about me bowing in, in the bleachers back well, in the day. You did. I, I'm not. I, know, I, I, I know. I did. Yes, I did. I'm proud of it. I raised uh, my Bud Light or Old Style, whatever it was, you know, yellow beverage was in my cup, and I raised a glass and watched him run out. Mountain and, Dew. Uh, I'm sorry? Mountain Dew? Never. Never touched it's my yellow lips. Yellow beverage? What is this never, yellow? Never, a Mountain Dew has never touched my lips. It's a yellow beverage. No. It's weird. No. No Mountain Dew. Again, if Sammy Sosa's flag is flying at Wrigley, then Sammy Sosa, at the very least, deserves to be in the Cubs Hall of Fame, David. <laughs> I, I think it's interesting that we're talking about it. it it's like we're still – this is the same conversation we just had with the Hall of Fame. You know, the the uh, the shadow of the steroid era remains over baseball, and there are organizations locally that don't want to be associated with it. And Sammy, um, I think we all know what happened with Sammy Sosa and, and why things went the way they went and all the rest of it. Still, it happened. You know, I remember the whole thing with him and Mark McGuire. It was unbelievable. 
and Barry Bonds remembers it too. Um, yeah, I, I. This isn't Cooperstown, though. You know. I know it is. There's a way you could do it. Is there? I, I just think that you'd have to change your stance on this thing. Uh, Tom has a very public, mm-hmm. um, and and he's been. He has been really open about his feelings toward this. Sammy would have to be contrite. Why exactly? So if Sammy wants to be that way, then open the door. They would go ahead and and step into the door. I believe. I think so too. But he hasn't done that. He's got to though. Why is he going to do it now? I I don't know. But this is I think significant because he hasn't really been autographs. I'm just saying. I I don't know what the he's in town. What is the difference with Sammy? He's in town. Okay. That's the difference. So I'm sure he would love to be a part of everything and be front and center and have the adulation. He's here at Clark and Addison under a cloud of suspicion, but we love Sammy Sosa for all of the joy he created. He's willing to take some responsibility. Welcome back, big guy. Uh, no? No, I don't think that's coming. I think we all I think we all kind of <laughs> hope it comes. Yeah, I and know. It, as time passes you kind of mellow out in your stance about stuff. And, and again, this is the same issue. I, I don't know how you get past it without both sides changing the way they feel about it. Took a lot of coin probably to get Sammy Sosa at an autograph event. Well, I wonder if it's worth it. I mean, I, I'd be curious to talk to people that are planning to go out to that for Sammy. 312-644-6767. We've got the extra point. We're going to get to it next month. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Set up this extra point. It's time for the extra point with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. What do you make of the fine folks at Our Lads releasing their first mock and predicting the Bears will take Marvin Harrison Jr. first overall? And then going over to FSU's Jared Verse, it's the ninth overall pick and the second defensive player that will be taken off the board. Do you agree with the OC selection of Shane Waldron means one more chance for Fields, as this mock draft suggests? Start there. No, I don't agree with that. That's not the way I interpret it. Shane Waldron coming to the Bears is, boy, Justin Fields now coming back and gets another chance. I don't interpret it that way. I'm surprised that they do. I'm surprised anybody would. If anything, I think you could almost make the argument that because of the types of different quarterbacks Shane Waldron has coached that in his system that he comes from, that you would want somebody who is more well-versed in getting rid of the ball quickly, being more accurate, and being in time on time. That's not Justin Fields. 
Justin Fields is somebody you're going to have to have a package of running quarterback plays, something that you have maybe ideally some experience in. I, I don't see that. So I was a little surprised that that was part of this equation. As for the mock draft, boy, it's January 24th. I know we're probably late in getting to the first mock draft. This is probably the 17th version. of People are discussing this for the last month or so. Our lads is very traitsy. Scouts. Yes, yes. So I understand why they would have Marvin Harrison Jr., the most predictable player in this draft, number one overall. Mm. So I get that. But I think this assumes the Bears are, are staying with Justin Fields, and I just don't think that's a compatible path until we find out that Caleb Williams is, is you know – Used to, used to pick on uh, bully fourth graders. I don't know what it is, but if you don't find anything on Caleb Williams in his background, I don't think there's a, a compelling reason not to draft him. So I don't like this mock draft. I like all mock drafts. I like to read them. I like to consume them. I like to overanalyze them. But but let's let's play the yesterday. I brought up free agency, which I don't think we've discussed enough. How about Mike Evans? Mully, I know you like Mike Evans. I love Mike I Evans. I like Mike Evans. Yep. Uh, Johnny Manziel owes Mike Evans his Heisman, you know, his Heisman right? In, yep. you know, the other guy, the quarterback, Baker Mayfield, you know, about 6% of whatever Baker gets this offseason should be given to Mike Evans. What if the Bears backed up the truck and, and get, get Mike Evans? David shaking his head. No, of course. The other here's the no. Here's the only problem with this this mock draft. A wide receiver is not getting picked number one overall in the draft. What the Bears have to figure you out know who is the last one was. I'm sorry. Do you know who the last one was? Um, Irving Fryer, Keyshawn uh, Johnson. Um, yes, it's it's Keyshawn in '97, Irving Fryer in like '82 or '83. Yeah, Keyshawn Johnson was at since. It yeah. was Keyshawn, the most recent one. You don't draft five receivers. You're right, Dustin. So, um, look, I, I think you're right. I think you got to think about our lads and how they're doing it. They're not looking at making trades and get. They're looking at the best player in the draft. They believe the best player in the draft is uh, is Marvin Harrison Jr., which is interesting. Because as we talked to Charlie Weiss yesterday, he made the point, you could trade down a spot or maybe two spots and get that player and get a King's Ransom. And you'd wind up with the best player in the draft and you'd get a lot if you believed in Justin Fields. Um, their, their thing is that the new offensive coordinator makes, gives Fields one more year. So they're going with the wide receiver. So they're not doing a trade down, but they're saying that changing coordinators means they're going to get it out of fields. This they're going to give it one more shot, and then worry about a quarterback next year. That's kind of what the implication of what you agree with. That? Um, I don't personally, but I do love that they're that it's exactly what you're saying. So the second selection, Jared Verse from Florida State. There are, there are a couple guys considered better pass rushers ahead of him. They only have one. And they basically say in their little write-up that this guy has got the size and the speed. <laughs> traits. And the, it's all traits. All traits. And that, that Poles loves those traits in a, in a player. So this is the kind of guy that he's going to draft at number nine if he's looking – 
so it, I find it fascinating because when you, and, and again, our lads is phenomenal for depth charts more than anything else during the year. They do a great job keeping up to date with the depth charts, who's playing, who isn't playing. It's a really wonderful place to go because there's good information with that too. Um, but I, we've, I've gotten our lads for 20-something oh, years. Oh, yeah. I, I, I've always enjoyed, and, and you're right, they are traits-related. But I think that what's interesting to me is there are players that are going to go through the combine and that are going to be more trait guys. You don't know yet how this thing's going to break down. You don't know. You're, no one is taking a wide receiver first in this draft. I can guarantee you that. It does. You don't take that position. You just don't. But there are really good wide receivers in this draft. Well, I think Mel has them taken uh, Roma Duze with their second pick. Yeah, right? from Washington. Yeah. So I think what you see in our lads is what a scout would do. Yes. Not necessarily what a general exactly. manager would do. That's why it's So that's why it is interesting. Yeah. The other thing is why I was shaking my head when Dustin was suggesting backing up the truck for Mike Evans or somebody like that. What you just said tells me it's a deep wide receiver draft. It is. Why would you spend your money that you had could distribute in different yep. ways during the free agency because you have a lot of it to spend? So don't go in on a free agent wide receiver of of certain age who might be older than DJ Moore or around the same type uh, uh, phase of his career. Wait until the draft. You'll get one of those good guys if you really want him. You have enough picks, so then that person will be ready to take off just about when D.J. Moore might be ready to leave, and in the interim, they can both work together to give whoever plays quarterback two very good weapons. Yes, I agree completely with that. 312-644-6767. Back with your calls. Mully and Hawn, the score. Please, you know, we just need some love. Molly and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We got a lot of people who want to check in. We got people who want to talk about Sammy. We got some draft talk. We Just got, need some love. Uh, Just need some love. Real a quick, lot of fun before stuff. Before we get to the calls, Molly, yeah. Cub fans might need a little love this morning consoling oh, each other Yep. over the Brewers getting a guy the Cubs had been in on. Reese Hoskins signs with Milwaukee overnight. Two-year deal. Two-year deal, $34 million. Yeah. It's a pillow contract. Scott Boris, I think, is his agent. So it's a really a one-year with an opt-out. It's $17 million. Good investment. Dustin gutted. I think a lot of Cub fans had hoped, but yeah. once they made the trade for Michael Bush, they, I think, are committed to seeing what they have with the young hitter from the Dodgers organization at first base. It doesn't rule them out of the Matt Chapman sweepstakes. So, And they're, they're not as nervous about Mervis as you are now. Well, I'm – Maybe so. Maybe Matt Mervis can make a, a comeback. But Jed Hoyer said it was the fourth inning at the Cub convention. I wonder what this puts it into the latter innings, the seventh or the eighth. But mm, Cody Bellinger signs and everyone will be fine. This is not good news for the Cubs, though. Uh, no, I don't think that's good. I think it'd be good news if they signed him because he's a guy kind of on the comeback trail. Now they're going to play against him a lot while they're booing the manager. The fine people of uh, Milwaukee. All right, 312-644-6767. Let's start with Brian. Brian's in Chicago. Hey, Brian. What's up, Molly Haw? Awesome show, man. You guys are great. Hey, real quick, 
38 years old, man, dude, for like a 10-year, 12-year stretch, um, I was young. I mean, I mean, that's when baseball started for me. I think the producer I talked to said it best. I mean, you ran to the radio. I mean, we were listening on the radio driving the car. Sammy's up. Sammy's up. You know, it, it could be a regular season game. Those home run derbies were electric with him, Griffey, Bagwell, McGuire, mm. the home run race, all of that. I mean, that was baseball. That era was Sammy Sosa. He should be in the Hall of Fame. He used to be at the top of the list in, in the Cubs Hall of Fame. Probably a little biased on that. but Oh, they made a lot of money off Sammy. Thanks, uh, Brian. You know, he fueled Good a memories. lot of those summer no memories. Doubt. There's Look, not, a, not a shadow of a doubt. And if they were to open that door back up and mm-hmm. say, okay, Sammy, we're going to bring you to Wrigley Field and have you throw out the first pitcher, whatever they want to do and however they want to stage it, it would be an electric moment at Wrigley Field, one of the more memorable ones of the season, any yep. season. Because can you imagine, you heard it in, in his voice. People feel that. It takes him back to a certain age. The love for Sammy Sosa in this town was extraordinary, and I think it would return. I, I, you know, during the break, we had a conversation where I asked you what you thought it was like to be one of those guys, whether it's Sammy McGuire, in that kind of race to break the record, and then later Bonds, knowing you had cheated. Like knowing mm-hmm. that you are about to, and I know that that you got this fever and you're you're going out of your head about it, but it just kind of it kind of makes me wonder you, about you chase the goal, you get caught up in it. I'm sure my sense would be that it's they rationalized it along yeah. the way. Look yeah. what I'm doing for the sport. Look what I'm doing for my career. Right. Look what I'm doing right. for myself and my family and all the things. Sammy Sosa. I mean, yes. Everyone benefited from it. The sure. Cubs made a lot of money from it. Not the so, Ricketts. And, so did he. Maybe that's why. Sammy Sosa made $127 million as a major leaguer. In, a, in, in those days. that is like? Well, you I wonder, mean, because you think about how many people he's paying you wonder. for. Because <laughs> he's coming to town to do an autograph. <laughs> you, you wonder. It's a lot of money that he made by hitting prodigious home runs and captivating yeah. audiences all over. Chicago and want, baseball. I, it just makes you wonder, though, is there a hint of of guilt, regret? I don't know what it would be. It's just, it's it's like, I think there'd be more fear of getting caught than there would be this kind of, I don't know. It's just wild that they decided th- to break I the most sacred it, baseball if, record. If and, he has any remorse or regret, I think it likely is rooted in the feeling of not being loved and welcomed back right now. Mm. He, f- he he might feel like he's missing out on that ad- adoration, which fueled him. He loved it. He thrived uh, He thrived in that environment. We talk about how Javi Baez would feed off the crowd. Sammy Sosa was the epitome of that, right? Yes. No question He's got to miss it. Let's try Jeffrey. He's on the road. Hi, Jeffrey. Hmm. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Huge fan. Bless you. Um, over COVID, my brother and four of my best friends created a sports card business where we buy and sell sports cards and stream on a platform called Whatnot. Hmm. Uh, we try to differentiate ourselves from the hobby. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but a lot of it is around the aspect of gambling and ripping 
unopened tax. So we strive on giving our customers value. We're actually the Chicago Six, so we we pride ourselves on Chicago. Uh, so diving into it, similar to our, you know, similar to any company or organization that should be your goal to deliver value or or, or satisfaction to your customers or fans. Here, the Cubs are not doing that. They are wiping a, you know, in my opinion, a huge historic era away from, you know, where, for instance, me, I grew up a, a big, big, big Cubs fan, still am a diehard Cubs fan, love Sammy Sosa. Without, you know, Sammy, I don't know if I'd be a Cubs fan, you could say. Um, so wanted to hear your thoughts on that standpoint. And, again, big fan, thanks for having me on, fellas. Thanks for calling, Jeffrey. Yeah. I, those are valid points, Molly, but I think that at least – if it's conditional and the Ricketts have set those conditions, what Sammy needs to do to be welcomed back into the organization or to be given a day or to be on the Hall of Fame ballot, whatever it is, I think if, if they've established conditions, then I understand why they would, given what he's alleged to have taken part in, what's kept him out of baseball's Hall of Fame. If Sammy's unwilling to meet those conditions or even bend a little bit, they've got to hold their ground. It's unfortunate, but it's not hard to understand. No, I, I I understand both points. I really do. I, I think they're worth discussing. Um, a lot of people want to talk about football. We're going to come back with some of that. I know the Cubs thing is still alive. We'll talk about both things. We'll do that next. It's Mully and Hall on the score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.